Hi, this is Art Gab, and I am Kendra Larson. I'm Ashley. Today, we are excited to have artist Heather Goodwind as our guest. Goodwind is a visual artist based in Portland, Oregon. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Sculpture from Portland State University and studied with traditional and contemporary artists during a year-long stay in China. Born in Scranton, Pennsylvania and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, she has also spent significant time in New York City and Buenos Aires, Argentina. She is a recent recipient of a Paula Krasner Foundation grant, and her work has been shown in venues including the Asian Art Platform in Singapore, Fashion Center for the Arts in Fashion Island, Washington, and the Drawing Center Viewing Program in New York City. Her work can be found at www.heathergoodwind.com. Dot com. Uh, Heather Goodwin, welcome to Art Gab. Thanks, Kendra. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, it's so so nice. It's so nice to see you. Thanks. It's nice to see you too. Ashley, how's it going? Good, good. How are, how are you guys doing? How's your weekend? It feels so far away now, even though it was like just yesterday. Uh, I had a good weekend. It was, uh, you know, I mostly just stayed home and painted pictures, but I always enjoyed that, so it was good. And you guys? Kind of the same, you know, it's funny, like, I feel like, I feel so lucky that what I do as a profession is the same thing I would do as a hobby. <laughs> it's like what I would do for fun. So I feel, I feel lucky that, yeah, I got to paint and um, I did a stop animation with Oliver. That was fun. Okay. Yeah, dry erase markers and stop motion uh, application on the phone. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. Nice. You'll have to share that. What about you, Ashley? Yeah, I just... I was in search of some like fun Christmas lights yesterday, but everybody's kind of buying those this year already. So on the search for that still, but nice. My neighborhood is full Christmas lights. Fun already. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It has been actually since Halloween. <laughs> I think like day after Halloween, all the Christmas lights went up. Wow. People are. I think serious. people are trying to cheer up. We <laughs> started early this year. I've always wanted to do those cutouts. You ever see those wooden cutouts and then they're, they're like painted like elves or like um, Santa Claus or yard decorations, old school wooden cutout. That's what I want to do. That sounds fun. Yeah. I always like the, you see uh, some houses, people painted the Grinch and he looks like he's stealing lights off of the house and like people put like a, just a few lights up and the rest he's like pulling down. <laughs> cool. That's good. Started? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, do you want to describe who you are and what you do, Heather? Sure. So I'm a painter and I mostly paint semi-abstract representations of uh, my personal experiences. So these could be things that actually happen to me or my friends or my family, or they could come from books uh, or blogs or the news or whatever, anything it gets stuck in my head and then um, plays over and over again, ends up in my work. So I organize my works in series, in chronological series. And by that, I mean that uh, I group them by time rather than uh, content. So I do uh, series like numbered in a row and I have a certain number of uh, works in each series. And then when I finish the series, I start a new series. So they become like a visual diary. 
I, I have a really uh, particular process. I start with a random mark, like a splatter or a print or a drip or a line, whatever. And then I improvise a narrative based on what I see in the image and how I feel about it as it progresses. So this uh, freestyle improvisation brings out some weird images, <laughs> but uh, it's all some all of it comes from me. A lot of times I don't even know where they're coming from until I'm well along the process. And then it dawns on me that this looks like X thing from my childhood or Y idea from that book that I read. And it's uh, it's a process of self-discovery, definitely. I'm just curious, you said you go in chronological order. Do you do that all the time or is that just kind of- Yeah, I've been doing this so, um, I think it was about 2002 when I started doing this. I did my first moleskin book in 2002. I spent about 10 years working only in moleskin books and I treated them a lot like a diary. So before I started these moleskin books, I actually did keep a diary and I would just, you know, write and write and try and like work out how I was feeling or what was going on or, you know, this kind of stuff. And then at some point I started drawing inside my journal as well. And then in 2002, I bought this moleskin book and I was planning on writing in it and I ended up just drawing in it. Although I kind of, I was still using words in my drawings back then. Um, and so I kind of segued into this uh, just from actually doing a, like a journal or a diary. And then, uh, so each book, I would finish the book before I started a new one, you know, which is what you do with a journal. You know, you just go until you run out of paper and then you start the next book and then you go. And so I was doing this with images and I was doing this in books and I ended up wanting to work larger. So I started doing it on pieces of paper and I just cut a certain number of pieces of paper and then I would treat it as if it were a book and just go through each page until it was finished. And then I started doing it with canvases, you know, so now I'm, and now I'm still doing it with canvases. So I still do this. It's like each, you know, I have a certain number of pages or canvases and I work on them all. And then when I'm finished with every single last one, then I move on. So it ends up being still kind of like a diary. And if you, if you get stuck on a piece, what are some things that you try to move the piece forward? Oh, God, forward? this happens all the time. I mean, I feel like almost every piece I get stuck on at some point. But uh, I think because I work on so many pieces at once, a lot of what I do is I just put it aside, you know, and just wait. And then at some point, I'll get to the point where I've finished all the works in the series, except for four or five of those ones that are really difficult and um Usually when it's difficult, it's not because I didn't have an idea. It's because I didn't like the idea, you know, or I didn't like, you know, what it says about me or there's like, or something about that, that I didn't like. And I'm like rejecting this part of myself or this, you know, thing that came out in this psychoanalytic sort of process that I have. And so then I just, you know, force myself to finish it because I'm, highly motivated to be able to start a new series because I don't have any more blank canvases that I can work through. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, you know, and usually this is, uh, what I do is I just decide to move forward with whatever idea that I had before that I rejected and just mm -hmm. deal with whatever comes out as it comes out. Yeah. I watched the process video of you making a painting. I found, I found it online. Oh, okay. And I noticed that 
the it was like the a bird kind of a bird looking creature oh gosh got that one that was really indecisive <laughs> well I, I noticed that you used like um ve- uh, tracing paper yeah. to kind of move shapes around I thought that was really clever yeah although it's it's all I don't know though the tracing paper thing like in a way it's it's good because I go through a lot of different um ideas you know, especially when I'm working on those big pieces, like that was a four by six foot canvas. So it was really big. Mm-hmm. And um, so I can really work it out before I put it on the canvas. But on the other hand, I don't know. I feel like it kind of, it keeps so much, like there's so much doubt in there. Whereas if I had just the canvas and I just put the first thing on there that I thought of, then I would be forced to move forward from that. And I would probably end up somewhere different, I think. So I don't know. I'm in two minds about the tracing paper. Yeah, yeah. I want to know more about these paintings. Oh, these two that are here. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the weirdo little guys on the left. So I just I just want to say that. I just want to say. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> it's like he has a thumb on his head. I like that. Yeah, that's it's really weird. It's like this funny little hat to, I don't know. Like I think I I think I like um like this negative positive um dichotomy a lot and I think I I do a lot of images where uh there is an image and a mirror image you know and it's either like a shadow or a doppelganger you know I think in my case it's that you know meta conversation that's going on with myself you know I think often when I do uh some sort of figures or animals in the paintings or some sort of uh creatures that are interacting with each other I'm playing both parts so, oh, yeah. you know, it's like this, you know, thing where, you know, here I am looking at myself, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like puppets. <laughs> right. And part of me has this like crazy idea and part of me is all blank. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I was not to go back or anything, but like to kind of touch on the journaling part, like, you know, when you write a journal and this is different for everybody, but it kind of, when you go back a couple of years, you kind of are taken back to that place and time and memory is that the same with like visual journaling would you say like does it absolutely so when I look back at my work which I do quite often I go back through my entire uh portfolio so I have my portfolio on my website set up so that it's in chronological order descending order so it goes from most recent to you know longest to go and uh, I go back through it quite often. And when I do, like, I can read what I was going through, you know, where I was, what was happening, how I was feeling, you know, and there's some pretty heavy stuff in there for me, you know, I mean, some people, I don't know, they, if they don't know me, or they don't know my story, they might not connect it with, you know, these particular things. But um, Mm -hmm. then again, I mean, I think that a psychoanalyst could certainly have a field day (laughs) with these images, you know? Yeah. And I totally remember, like, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's really intense, I think, when I go back and look through these things. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. I mean, it's, it's kind of nice to use different senses, because like, you know, certain smells bring you back, or like, so it's nice to have like a different way of connecting those memories and ideas and thoughts. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. And I, it's funny, because I don't, I, I didn't used to go back and read through my diaries. I mean, I think I did you know, once or twice ages ago. And when I did, I, I don't know, I think it, because uh, language is so concrete, you know, there's so, it's so specific. Like when you 
put down, you know, I feel like this, there's not a lot of room for interpretation, you know, it really is just that. But when you draw a picture and then you look at it later, you think, God, I was kind of feeling like this. So don't you see a little bit of that in there? You know, like, I don't know, there's more to explore, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. And then too, you know, I think in the moment, you know, you you feel more free to do things, or at least I feel, feel more free to do things that are really personal if I know that other people who are looking at it aren't going to know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. So, whereas with writing, you know, you say, well, so-and-so did this and, you know, you think, okay, yeah. well, that's just going to stay secret forever. <laughs> like, a, yeah, it's like a masquerade or something. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like sharing and not sharing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about your work, like, in the process, like, has your work or process surprised you at all due to the pandemic and the times we're going through? Yeah, so two things have really changed since the pandemic. The first thing is that um, before the pandemic, I was really focused on upsizing my works. I really wanted to uh, paint large. And like over the past few years, I've been going, you know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger pieces of paper. And then I got some bigger canvases and then when I got the Pollock Krasner grant, that was for working at four by six feet and six by eight feet. And um, I, I was really committed to you know, working really large and for doing this long-term. So when I bought all the materials to do the project, I bought uh, high quality stretcher bars and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna keep buying rolls of canvas and I'm gonna unstretch the paintings and just keep working large. And this is gonna be like the new uh, size that I do. And I think, I, I don't know, I was really co- committed to the idea of taking up space, you know, in this way that I really hadn't before. I've been doing this really small private thing, mostly in these books and on pieces of paper. And I thought, you know, this is the way to move forward. But as soon as the pandemic hit and I started to really realize how much the world and the art world was changing and how people were going to be seeing my images mostly online and, you know, whether it's uh, eight by 10 inches or eight by 10 feet, you know, they see the same little image <laughs> there, you know, you're not going to be showing. And I don't know, the, the idea of taking up space in a virtual world it really changes. <laughs> and so I started to think, well, okay, why would I put myself through this, you know, when and store all of these things when I can just, you know, work small and, you know, these little things can in my closet and I don't it doesn't matter if I don't show them or I don't sell them I can just do whatever I want and so I took my big roll of canvas that I bought and I cut it up into really small pieces and it was great I mean it was so I felt so much freedom like suddenly I'm working on these really small pieces and I felt like I could do anything whereas before I think with the larger works I was starting to uh, I hadn't realized but I was starting to have a lot of doubt come in, which is, comes back to the tracing paper where I was going over and over these ideas, you know, trying to hone them down before I even started painting. And so uh, with these smaller works, you know, I was just doing this thing where, you know, if I have an idea, I just do it and it doesn't matter. You know, I can just stick it, you know, in the stack with the other things. And so I started feeling like I could paint just for me, just because I want to, or just because I need to. And that was really freeing and it felt great. It still feels great. It sucks a lot more for performing artists. Like I feel like, you know, I know people who are in the dance scene and they're like, oh God, 
Like it's hard for them to even like keep in shape without performing, you know, because, you know, they can, I mean, they can kind of like, they can do their thing at home and they can exercise and stuff, but without actually being up there and like rehearsing and doing it with the other dancers and, you know, it's just, they just lose it. Yeah. I could, oh man, I could not imagine. Well, and then on the flip side, I think us painters have it really good. I mean, we're used to being alone. We're used That's to being true. at home. <laughs> like, no, I know. And also on top of it, we have it so good because we can make work and then just put it away. And then at some point we can bring it out and say, here it is. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> yeah. like with a performance, it's like then or never, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I was thinking about the... Um... Rockefeller dancers, the what are their names? Oh, the uh, right, the I can't remember either. The Rockettes. Rockettes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like at the beginning of this whole thing, it was like the first time they ever closed their performances down. Right. And I'm like, now the Thanksgiving Day Parade, what is, they're not going to be there. And I don't know. It's just weird. It's crazy to think. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they'll be back. Yeah. With their high kicks tonight. just at home just kicking kick it away right. <laughs> so oh and the other thing actually that's uh really funny and surprised me is that i've started uh streaming opera performances while i'm working in my studio which is kind of funny because it's something i never would have done before I would have seen this as a total distraction and I couldn't concentrate and, you know, I don't know. I have these really like uptight ways of working and doing my thing, but um, I really like opera and uh, the Metropolitan Opera has since the uh, pandemic started, the Metropolitan Opera in New York has started making a different opera available for streaming on their website every single day. And so I've started, uh, streaming them in the mornings while I'm painting and I've gotten totally addicted to it. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how it's going to affect my work, but um, it's been really fun and I've really, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Yeah. That's kind of the nice part about this pandemic is like, I feel like there's some things that people are discovering that they may not have been doing otherwise. Yeah. So that's something good that comes from it. And... Yeah. I mean, I always loved opera and I'd listen to recordings and I'd been to the Met when I lived in New York and I went to the Teatro Colon when I lived in Buenos Aires, but it was never enough to uh, really get inside that world, you know, to like know who the performers were, to compare, you know, different uh, operas by the same composer, to have an opinion about what I liked or what I did like. It was just this rare special experience that I really enjoyed, but uh, I never really had enough of it. And so this has really opened a window into another world for me where now, you know, I have my favorite sopranos. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I know what's coming up on the schedule. And I think, oh, I'd like to see that. And I don't know about that. But <laughs> Do you ever join in is the question. <laughs> Do you sing? <laughs> Do I sing? No. Actually, I think it's funny, like, singing is one of the things, if I had an anti-superpower, it would be singing. <laughs> I think I'm the worst singer in the world, which is maybe why I love opera so much. I, could, I really appreciate the thing that I just cannot do to save my life. I think yeah. opera is a good one to, like, lip sing to, you know? 
<laughs> I want to see that video. <laughs> also, this pandemic has got me thinking about um, places like the Met doing, putting more out there to share, I guess, with, with the world. And um, But I hope that they know that it's appreciated, you know, like, it could be that they don't know that anybody's listening. Well, I think they tell how many people are streaming. You know, I think. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could tell, too. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I guess. But it is pretty great. And I hope that they keep doing that even after the pandemic. You know, I hope so, too. I think that there was a little bit of a sense of, you know, like you have to keep it, you know, uh, locked up so that people will be motivated to go and see it in person. But I think that I think that the opposite is really true. I think that the more people are exposed to it, the more they appreciate it and understand it and then want to go see it in person. You know, it's like, you know, having an appetite for it or, you know, just creating a taste. You know, if you don't, if you've never eaten sushi, you're never going to want to go out for sushi, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And live performances are going to be so great. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> What would your superpower be if you could have any superpower, Heather? Oh, gee, any superpower. See, I was trying to think of something that I already had <laughs> that would be considered a superpower. But this is really more interesting. Like, if I could have any superpower, you'd want to, like, put on a pair of those, like, fake feathery opera wings and go around like making world peace or something I mean <laughs> you're just like, literally flying around the world in your costume and you know solving everyone's problems with your wand <laughs> I love that so I guess I see what you mean the question is kind of written kind of funny but okay so that's the superpower you'd have if you could have any what do you think your superpower is oh okay so I think my superpower is uh self-analysis <laughs> because I'm so self-analytical I'm always like watching myself as if I'm some third person so I could be having a conversation like I'm talking to you guys and then at the same time I'm also having this parallel meta conversation with myself where I'm thinking why did I say that or why did I say that in that way or why did I use these words and what does that mean and where did it come from and what does it pretend you know <laughs> and totally. I think that it's one of those things where um, I do know other people that have this, and I think they see it more as a curse than a superpower. But as an artist, I think that it's actually quite helpful because I look inward, and this is where I get my work from. So it's my superpower. It's nice to hear someone else say that because I feel I feel that way a lot. Too. You have that too. <laughs> yeah, a lot. And do you feel like it's helpful? I mean, do you or or is um, it a curse? Uh, it could be helpful. I think I think it helps me critique my own artwork, but I think it could also be stifling too. It it, it causes me to second guess myself a lot. And um, someone once told me it was because I'm a Sagittarius. Oh God! <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I think that it's it's true that there, you know there is when you have that sort of um, self critical self analysis you know, tendency, I think that you can tend to get a little bit, you know, stifled, like you said, but I think that, you know, I don't know, there, there's ways to move on from it. I feel like part of my whole uh, studio practice is based on 
trying to move beyond that, you know, like constantly doubting myself or doubting these ideas that I have, you know, this is part of why I just force myself to do them or why I don't hide any of the works, you know, so then I don't have to make that judgment. I just, you know, say, okay, well, you know, they're all me and that's all part of me. And, you know, you take it or leave it all or nothing, you know, there it is, you know, and so I don't spend a lot of time, even though I have this doubt and this self-analysis going on, I don't spend a lot of time going back trying to decide which of those things I'm going to put forward as representative of me. I just say, okay, well, look, all of it, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit more freeing. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a refreshing honesty. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's refreshing. Thanks. <laughs> I think too that, um, you know, just also putting all of the work that I do out there is, um, I don't know, it's, it's somehow, uh, I feel like it's, it's just not my job as an artist to curate it. Do you know what I mean? I think that, you know, a lot of artists these days are expected to come up with this, um, like, art personality, you know, and then just stick to it and be really consistent. And I think that that's not really realistic for artists, you know, and we tend to expect that from contemporary artists. And yet we're so delighted when we find the hidden works of older artists, you know, and we go through and we think, wow, Jackson Pollock painted realism before he did that, you know, and it's so delightful. I mean, why can't we just enjoy that about ourselves now as well? Yeah, totally. So one of the thing I think that helps me to do it too is because I'm really prolific and I know that, um, a lot of people aren't going to look at everything that I do, you know, it's kind of feels like these things get hidden in there, you know, so mm -hmm. even though I put it all up there on my website, you know, people don't, uh, nobody's really going to look through it all, do you know what I mean? Or if they do, they're going to start to get overwhelmed by it, you know, <laughs> and so I feel like, I guess a little bit of safety in that, like, mm -hmm. you know, safety in numbers, I guess. So what is next for you and what are you excited about? Uh, let's see. So I'm in the middle of a series of really small works that are eight by 10. So I'm going to finish that. And then I think I've got another series coming up that's going to be 16 by 20. So another small series. And uh, after that, I don't know, I guess I'm going to see, you know, where we're at and what's happening in the world. Um, I have, I'm on the schedule for a residency at uh, the Vermont Studio Center in September of next year. And, you know, I've got my fingers crossed that, you know, that's going to happen or at least happen next year and not the year after. <laughs> and so that's exciting. Uh, and the only other thing I have is a show, um, a two-person show with Peter Hoffaker Mejia. And um, that's at the Gretchen Schuett Art Gallery, which is also indefinitely postponed. But, you know, it's on the schedule. So we'll see. And uh, I actually have to say that one of the things, other things that's been really great about the pandemic is that I've stopped thinking so much about the future and what's next. And I've just been working and focusing on what's right going on right now. So I haven't been applying for grants and I'm not applying for residencies, and I'm not applying for shows. And I'm amazed at how much of my time is freed up by this. I mean, I just, every morning I come into my studio and I paint, and I'm not, you know, 
it's also it's also like a psychological drain to have to do all of those applications. And I have to say that I mean I'll go back to it when it's time. But it, it's I'm really enjoying just living for the moment and just mm -hmm. painting. So that's been good. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's good. It's always been told it's good to be in the moment, but this has kind of forced us to, which is a good right. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it's good to plan for the future, too. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd probably never go anywhere. <laughs> we'd all just sit home and navel gaze. <laughs> but if you're forced to do that, then you might as well enjoy it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, a good balance. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being our guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun to talk to you.